0: Everybody's a dreamer, everybody's a star Everybody's in showbiz, it doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city, in every house and on every street And if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, their names are written in concrete
1: it's that time of year again. While we will not be strolling the streets of Hollywood Boulevard or Annapolis, we can get our pod together and enjoy 10 days of the 9th Annual Annapolis Film Festival. It is virtual this year, and we will be talking to the movers and shakers and those that make it all happen. The Annapolis Film Festival, April 8th through 18th. Tickets and more at annapolisfilmfestival.org. Because you wanted
0: to You can see all the stars as you walk down Hollywood Boulevard. Some that you recognize and that you hardly even
1: heard of. Joining us on the phone today is Zach Carber, who is the director of a movie that is going to be premiering at the Annapolis Film Festival, as well as one of the producers. The film is called The Race to Alaska, and it will be available April 11th at 4 p.m. through April 18th at 1145 p.m. And i got to tell you, this movie looks hysterical. Zach, welcome, and thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having me. Race to Alaska, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, I, I've seen the trailer, and I'm like, okay, this is – there's got to be a great story on how this whole race and, – and it is a documentary, okay? So this is a real thing. This isn't like some kind of – something that was born out of your mind in some bar on the West no. Coast or something some night, right? But the
2: race, I think – the race was. <laughs> <laughs> It's been called the, you know, like, uh, one of the best bad ideas around it's, it's, um, it was born over beers with a bunch of sailors and like adventure sailors kind of deciding what, what would be a great challenge in the Pacific Northwest. And then, uh, Jake Beattie, the founder of the race, as they were throwing around different hundred mile or smaller races, he was like, Alaska, what about Alaska? <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, it was this big challenge of racing engineless boats, unsupported, from Washington State to Ketchikan, Alaska.
1: Okay, so this this is engineless. I mean, this is similar to we have down here in Annapolis, the Key School does a thing every year. It's called the cardboard boat races, and they mm-hmm. give you like a, a roll of duct tape, some glue, cardboard, and and you can do. And strings or something like that. And you've got to figure out a way to make a sailboat that will actually go. I mean, it's not very, it's certainly not 750 (laughs) miles like it is in Alaska, but this is, you know, any motorless vessel. Correct. Any
2: motorless vessel, as long as there's not a motor on board, you are good to go.
1: Presumably this is a sailboat type of a, of a race. The sailboats are going to win.
2: Yes, uh, it is definitely possible for a human-powered boat to win, but uh, so far we haven't seen that. Uh, the well, the, one of the one of the interesting things about the race is is in the Pacific Northwest in the summer that time of year the the weather is really variable. So there can be these high pressures that will come in and sit, and they're like a big bubble, and there can be just zero wind for days. And uh, the founders of the race originally thought. Yeah, maybe, maybe a big, long outrigger canoe or something could, could make enough progress on the sailboats. But it turns out sailboats are very fast now. Any ground uh, achieved by the human power with like one or two windy days will quickly be the uh, – they'll be overtaken by the sailboats.
1: Well, where did this start? Where did the, the race uh, – explain the race. Basically, you said it's okay. 750 miles –
2: so at 750 miles, it starts in port towns in Washington and goes up the inside passage to Ketchikan, Alaska, which is the first town in southeast Alaska. Um, there's two waypoints only on the race. Uh, one is a uh, tidal rapid, rapids called Seymour Narrows, which is a very narrow stretch of water on the east side of Vancouver Island, um, where the current can run up to 15 knots, like 15, 16 miles an hour. And it switches direction with the tides. So there's this... Uh, Basically, a river rapids you have to sail through, and then there's another uh, the town of Bella Bella, which is about the halfway point further up the coast. So uh, the racers stay on the inside route because theoretically, to go from Washington State to Alaska, you could just go out into the Pacific and go north. But, right. Um, these waypoints force you inside the islands, which creates a lot of navigational challenges and current challenges, and really interesting, interesting racing in narrow waterways. And of course, it's engineless. And unsupported, meaning that you cannot have any pre-planned support, and uh, you can't have someone stash your meals or, or like a spare part for your boat. But anything available to everyone is available to anyone. So, like, you can go to the grocery store if you run out of food.
1: Uh, wow! Now, how long has this race been going on? How many years? They've uh,
2: they've started in 2015. The last one was in 2019, and I suspect the next one will be in 2022.
1: That's fantastic. Well, how did you, how did you snip this out to, for, for a documentary? I mean, are you, are you a documentary filmmaker?
2: I'm a filmmaker by training. Uh, I'm more of a narrative filmmaker, uh, but I was hired in the very first year of the race to make their promo video for just like, to get the word out about this thing. And, um, I used to work for the founder Jake Beatty at the center for wooden boats, teaching sailing and maritime history. So I had a link to the, the race itself. And then um, they they anointed me the title film boss because every like the run, the guy that runs the race is called the race boss for some reason everybody's a boss and uh, then I basically documented it from the start so the first year I thought there's a story here this is historic and tried to film it with the scope of a feature doc and then kind of wandered away from that for a couple of years um, and and uh, but but kept amassing all this footage and towards later races I realized there's the way to make this a a feature film and an experience and a big story is to make the race itself the protagonist. Uh, And so that's where we came up with the concept of intercutting from year to year as the teams go up the race course.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, I know in the trailer that I watched on the Annapolis film festival that, I mean, it, it looks pretty hysterical. I mean, some of, there are some characters that are racing in this race, aren't there?
2: Oh my God. It's (laughs) absolutely. It's magnetic to characters. It takes a certain, especially in the first year, it takes a certain kind of experimental demeanor to want to participate. Um, a lot of people call it type two fun. It's the kind of fun that's fun later and <laughs> possibly miserable in the moment. Um, but it it, it creates, a, uh, there's a lot of characters that show up, push themselves. I mean, they're all serious competitors in, in their own way, but they typically have a sense of humor, and I think a lot of people under the the film's a lot funnier than a lot of people would imagine, actually, uh, for a documentary.
1: Well, I've got to imagine. I mean, I, I get the the serious sailors and the serious boats with the foils and everything else, and and I, I know you know we've got plenty of sailing down here in Annapolis, and of course. they take it so seriously. Uh, <laughs> to turn around and and. All of a sudden, be doing the Whitbread race, which is, I guess, it's a, I don't, that's not the name of it now, but you know, a, a big race, and all of a sudden, there's a an outrigger canoe in there. Well, right. the rules don't specifically say I can't, so you know, just the fact that I don't have a sail doesn't mean that I can't. You know, this has got to be hysterical, and uh, I mean, I, I it's winning plenty of awards. I know you've. Um, I'm just looking at the list that. You know the Big Sky Documentary Festival, the Vancouver International Film Festival—that makes sense. The Audience Award at Cape Town and uh, Woods Hole over here, uh, and the Newport Beach Film Festival over here at um, on the East Coast. So I mean, it's being very well received.
2: Yeah, pe- people seem to be enjoying it, which makes me happy. We, uh, we got one in-person screening, and it was uh, it was the Big Sky Film Festival, which was our our first screening in February last year, and it was. It, it was it felt great to actually see it in a packed theater there's a lot of laughs there's a lot of great audience response and so I have to imagine that people at home are having similar responses over this past year
1: yeah well it's, but, yeah. I mean I wish we could be in person here because this is um you know just from the footage I saw on the trailer it seems like this is a probably a film that really lends itself to too late for this now but to IMAX or to <laughs> certainly the big screen but I mean it, it the the photography looks absolutely spectacular there. I mean, how difficult was it to film this? I mean, the, it seems to be the filming of this thing and capturing this seems to be as just almost as harsh as racing in it.
2: Yeah, we've had our shooters go through a lot, um, which is awesome. They they seem to have a good time. Uh, they we've had all kinds of uh, different boats that are chasing the the fleets up the northwest coast, and um, it's difficult because it's because there's no. You know, we have the two waypoints, so we know boats will go there. So that's one place you know you can catch people. But otherwise, you're following the tracker and you have to make a lot of choices about, like, what team is going where and what's going to be interesting. Um, Sometimes the boats are faster than we can catch them. Uh, We've had volunteer airplanes, volunteer helicopters, uh, drones – were a real game-changer in the last few years. But the thing that's been so vital to the film and to the documenting process is the racers themselves. Uh, more and more, we encourage people to just film themselves and document their experience. And that's really what gives us, like, the window into the moment-by-moment moment happenings of the race.
1: Okay, so that's you've got some guy that's got a, a GoPro up on his bow or up on the mast or something like that as well that's giving that information to you?
2: Yeah, and more and more, I encourage the racers to, like, journal do stuff you know bring the camera out at night bring the camera out when it's boring talk to each other ask questions like i I had to get because we had very low budget there there was no possible way for me to to put crews on very many boats at once so that's
1: called that's called dead weight there zach (laughs) exactly (laughs) this is serious racing here we're not gonna take somebody with a camera on here you're not you're not pulling your weight you're not you're not not (laughs) sailing with us
2: Exactly. So and yeah, they are really light boats. We did. A, we also did some really fun things with like moving interviews, where we would have a little microphone pack in a dry bag that we would throw over to the boat, and then uh, just cruise along in the powerboat next to next to the racers, and just do an interview while they're underway, so they didn't have to interrupt their race. And oh, that's uh,
1: kind of cool. So it's sort of like the Kentucky Derby, where they where the outrider rides up and jams a microphone <laughs> onto the jockey, and <laughs> as they as they go sort of rubs it in a little bit too, as you're out there in your power boat.
2: Yeah, I know we've had some funny stories of people like, especially in the smaller boats, you know, they have this very solo experience. They might not see someone for a couple of days and, and, but we have them on the tracker. So they'll, we'll be motoring down some remote channel up on Calvert Island or something. And this, someone pops out all scraggly from their boat, like, what,
1: (laughs) who is coming to see us,
2: you know? And then we'll do this interview and go edit it. And the, Fishing lodge somewhere.
1: Oh, that's fine. Now, how long does it typically take for this race? I mean, obviously, everybody doesn't w- come at the same time, but I mean, it's is that is this a? I have no concept of sailing, so I'm 750 miles um, out out off of the coast of Alaska. I mean, how long does that take to do?
2: Uh, the world record is by Mad Dog Racing in 2016, and they did it in just a little under four days.
1: Okay, uh, so this is pretty. This is pretty. Uh, this is pretty brutal.
2: It's pretty brutal, and then this the the race closes after 20 days now. So if you don't make it in 20 days and a lot of the smaller boats that are doing it more, I li- I liken it to a marathon a lot. Like there's a lot of people, there's like only a handful of people that enter a marathon expecting to win it, but a, a, a large amount of people want to just prove to themselves they can do it. So there's a lot of people that'll go in a kayak or a smaller row sail boat, and they might take 15 to 20 days.
1: Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense a lot there. So, we're, again, we're speaking with Zach Carver, who's the producer, producer and a director for the Race to Alaska, which will be premiering at the Annapolis Film Festival coming up. It's First available streaming April 11th at 4 p.m., and you can get it anytime through April 18th at 11:45 p.m. And if you are a sailor of any means, this is uh, got to be something fun to definitely see and see how it is. What is the? I, I meant to ask you, what is the prize on this? What's What's the end result when you get get to the finish line?
2: Ten thousand dollars nailed to a log.
1: Um, Liter- are you are you talking literally?
2: Yes, literally. Cash. Cash. Ten thousand dollars cash handed over at the finish line. Um, they that was actually a big deal. Uh, most most races don't really have a, a purse like this, um, and so they they really wanted to like bring people out of the woodwork to, to roll the dice on it.
1: So there's second
2: no... prize. Second prize is a set of steak knives and third place, nothing. So,
1: what are, What are the steak knives? Are they good?
2: They're they're. they're I think they're middle of the road. Uh, they, they have our race to Alaska logo etched on them. And um, so it
1: sounds you know, it sounds like they got a $10,100 budget for prize money on this thing. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So it's, it's literally $10,000 in cash. I mean, there's no trophy involved in this. There's
2: no, no trophy. Um, I mean, just making it to the end is, is a, is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. that's, it's about a 50% success rate. Oh, wow. So, um, people come back sometimes two, three years in a row to make it to the end once. And,
1: uh, how do, yeah, they, how do they, how do they, pull, how do they pull somebody out there? They just have the, the boats that are out there keeping monitoring them and, they can radio, no. in, radio in and say, "Okay, I give up."
2: Yeah, they basically radio in and say they're done. But it's really up to the racers to find their own way home. Um, it's it's especially the further the further north you get. The, basically, the area between the north end of Vancouver Island and su- Southeast Alaska is probably the, one of the most remote areas of coastline in North America. There's no roads in from the interior. Uh, past Bella Bella and not actually Bella Bella it's the the road goes into this like inlet that's like 25 miles in in Bella Coola so uh, there's just huge mountains and very few towns so getting home can even be a challenge the uh, once they get past a certain point it's it's weird and covering it one of the big challenges is like you can't fly north like even though you're closer to Alaska there's no air travel between those remote towns and, and Alaska so you have to go back so we'll be out in the middle of nowhere and then fly back to Vancouver or Seattle and then fly north to Ketchikan.
1: So it's an interesting. You can't get like a seaplane or anything like that? Or, or I guess there's no real scheduled things that could
2: get there. There's people... no scheduled things. There, Yeah. You could charter a seaplane, but um, even that, the distance is pretty far. It'd be like 300-mile jaunt in a seaplane.
1: That's true. That's true. You don't, Well, you don't think of all this stuff. This, this sounds funny. Who was your funniest character that you ran into in this, when you were doing this? I mean, who was the, who was the character in the film that we need to keep an eye out that just that's a unique individual?
2: I mean, they're all fantastic. And I, I, I have a lot of, you know, I've gotten to know these people pretty well. I have a lot of love for them, but um, you know, there's a lot of people really respond. There was a man that did it on a stand paddle paddleboard named Carl Kruger He's a pretty impressive person, although he's not the funniest. Um, but he's he's sort of mind blowing. Um, there's a woman named Katie Stewart that always cracks me up. She's done it four times, and uh, she's just got a great attitude. And then um, there's a there's a wonderful there's a team called Bunny Whaler that did it on what they called maximum estimated schedule, and so they really took their time, but also did it in a really small boat, um, and they're just really affable affable guys. I don't know. All the, all the teams are a lot of fun. There's a lot of fascinating individuals.
1: Where are they coming from? They mostly from the West coast or they from all over? Or is this a, an international type of an attraction?
2: Uh, I think the fur, well, the furthest anyone's come is from Australia. Um, uh, but we also mostly, mostly from the Pacific Northwest, but a bunch of North American sailors, a bunch of Californians, uh, the bird brothers who won it 2017 are from Massachusetts one of them is on the uh, on the America's Cup team right now. Um, there's a team light boat is from Grenoble in, in France and uh, did it solo one year and then did it uh, with a partner another year. So people come from all over the world.
1: It's pretty cool. That's wild. And this gets underway in the summertime, you said, right? Uh,
2: yes. Uh, it's always on an ebb tide. Uh, at The start is at 5 a.m. on an ebb tide in June.
1: <laughs> that's that's the official start date, right?
2: Yeah, so they pick – <laughs> Of course um, it is. They, it changes a few – a week or two every year. But, um, uh, yeah, they want to have long days and then they want it to be on that shoulder season where the weather is unpredictable.
1: The Race for Alaska it's a documentary. It's an hour and a half long. It's actually 98 minutes long if you want to hold me to the thing. Um, <laughs> available at the Annapolis Film Festival, which is annapolisfilmfestival.org, April 11th at 4 p.m., And it will be available to stream at your leisure through April 18th at 11.45 p.m. And again, we're speaking with Zach Carver, who is the director and one of the producers on the film. And what else are you working on yourself? You said you primarily are not a documentary filmmaker, right?
2: Um, Yeah. I I mean, I was trained in narrative in grad school and uh, I'm developing a couple narrative feature scripts. We're working on a hybrid doc uh, doc comedy that involves like interviewing real people alongside of fictional characters. Um, it's like a political comedy, and then we have uh, we also have like an adventure series we're working on. And um, and that stand up paddleboarder who did the race to Alaska wants he's he's planning to do the Northwest Passage in twenty twenty two. So we're trying to put a crew together to document that
1: on a on a stand up yeah boy, I'll tell you doing a stand up on the um that interior passage would be interesting to to see how that comes out,
2: yeah yeah I think um it's gonna be quite an adventure, you know he's got nineteen hundred miles ice and polar bears, so uh those I think will add some complications to his trip uh, <laughs> to, say
1: <the> <laughs> to say the least
2: to say the least. Um, but if anyone can do it, he can so far, he's the first and only person to finish the race to Alaska on a stand-up paddleboard. So, um, I feel like he's got, he's got the chops and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're trying to keep busy. It's, it's such an interesting thing with, with film where you develop concepts, but you also have to connect with financing and, and partners and everything. So, so we'll see which ones, uh, which ones sink and which ones swim.
1: It's not, it's not an easy, not an easy... Easy thing to do. I know. Now I, I've talked to a couple other directors and they say that they've, they've got a million films in their brain that just little snippets and thoughts and ideas. Is that how you operate too? Yeah.
2: hundred <laughs> um, percent.
1: So, you know, in three years from now you can say, Oh, you know, Christ, I remember back in 2021 that I was thinking that, yeah, okay, let's see if we can. And it, it's just, you might have just a little snippet and then just build on that. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: never know. I, a lot of it has to do with the, um, for me at least like the, momentum you get through partners that get involved you know you have like film is incredibly collaborative and takes a ton of hands to to create so finding uh people that that gel with that idea and want to propel it forward um for me is a big way where they move forward so yeah i'll i'll sometimes be discussing some shred of an idea and and if someone latches and gets excited oh maybe you know maybe we
1: have a partner maybe we can do something you know, that's exciting when you find somebody in, in, any, in any endeavor that gets into your mindset and can sit there and say, oh, yeah, this and you get excited and you know that you're both working together on the same thing. That's exciting when it works in any kind of business, whether it be making movies or doing graphic design or whatever it may be.
2: It's, it's awesome. I mean, like this film wouldn't have happened without my producers. They were spectacular. And they really saw the potential – and we all you know like we're like this this can be good, let's make this happen. so
1: well your your other Ian. producers are Ian Morland and Liv von Ulrich. Did I get that yeah. right Ulrich
2: It's close enough yeah L- Liv von Ulrich she's uh, oh, Swedish. Wow. but okay uh,
1: <laughs> but so. now, I mean are are they producing other films? I mean is, is that their?
2: Yeah. Uh, leave put together, uh, she's done like a narrative horror film before and, uh, she got interested in the race to Alaska, um, cause she started doing like adventure photography. Um, and mot- like she was riding her motorcycle around and shooting pictures. And, uh, so she came up to shoot stills and fell in love with the race to Alaska. And then, um, Ian, he's never even been out. Of- he's never been to Washington state, let alone Alaska, but he, <laughs> he's, uh, and I have been producing other projects together and he, uh, so he managed a lot of the sort of fundraising and post-production side of things, um, but but we it was a good it was a good team. You know,
1: sounds like how tough is it to edit something like this? Is that is that something horribly crazy difficult?
2: I mean, we started with over seventy thousand unique video clips uh, over five years of documenting, so it's it's a mammoth task, and um, we had a pretty awesome. The, wait, the, the
1: seven day. seventy thousand. So this is this is maybe a half hour piece here and a <laughs> thirty second piece there. Exactly. Holy um, mackerel!
2: Yeah, it, it, the footage adds up fast, especially when you have all these teens filming themselves. Um, and uh, and then we had you know, we did, and then we did interviews on top of that, where we had over a thousand pages of transcripts to read. Um, and uh, Greg did a, just a spectacular job of, of understanding what could be done with the material and navigating that material. Um, so he's, he's a co-writer on the film and, and it's always just really cool to see what we were able to do.
1: And that's Greg King, your editor. Mm-hmm. Did he get paid the big bucks for that? I hope. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we could offer. Wow. 70,000 individual clips. Oh my gosh. Like that's beyond fathomable. Yeah.
2: So there's probably like several other versions of this film we could have made, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that we managed to get to
1: this one. When you make, when you make a film is, is fundraising the biggest obstacle? Um, I mean, I mean, obviously it's critical. It's a critical obstacle. I used to think it
2: was the biggest obstacle, but I now think that, that actually creating really it's, it's like story and communicating the vision. Like, it's, it's completely related to fundraising, but I don't think fundraising is as hard when you really have a project that people can believe in. Uh, so so I think a lot of people go out too early or um, kind of expect others to understand innately what they're trying to do. And so I do think like refining the story, refining the script, refining the pitch is in many ways the hardest part, like figuring out how to like laser, laser it, it's into other people's minds um, because when, once it's in someone else's mind, they're much more apt to fund it.
1: Sure. That, well, that, may, that makes sense. I mean, I've done a number of times I'm talking to somebody trying to explain something I'm thinking, and I'm going, you know, I, I know I've got a bunch of crap in my mouth and I, it's not coming. You know, what I am saying has nothing to do with what I am thinking. And, right. <laughs> you know, and then the thought is, is, in, you know, impure, impartial, and it's just not complete. And, you know, when you have a complete thought, When you have, I'd imagine when you have a pitch, you know, you're going to say, Hey, I've got this great movie, The Race to Alaska, and so on and so forth. And I mean, if you get somebody that's, you know, looking to fund some films and stuff like that, that this just doesn't excite them. I mean, there's nothing you're going to do to really excite them. Right. Uh, But the couple of people that you do get, I mean, you know, you might get, you know, Malcolm Forbes, if, if he was still alive or something is this big adventurer type thing, or certainly Richard Branson. He'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah. Here's my checkbook. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately I don't have his number. Otherwise I'd give it to you, but
2: <laughs> yeah, please. If you, if you find that,
1: <laughs> but Zach Carver, thank you very much for your time. Again, I encourage everybody to check this film out. It is the race to Alaska. It is a documentary about, I'm going to say it's probably the most unusual, and I don't even want to say sail race, sailing race, but one of the unusual water races that you're you're going to ever witness. It is premiering at the Annapolis Film Festival on April 11th at 4 p.m. And you can watch it anytime between then and April 18th at 1145, annapolisfilmfestival.org. And again, Zach Carver, who is the producer and director of the film, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me.
0: Everybody's in showbiz It doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard Their names are written in concrete Don't step on Greta Garbo As you walk down the boulevard She looks so weak and fragile That's why she tried to be so hard But they turned her into a princess And they sat her on a throne But she turned her back on stardom Because she wanted to be alone You can see all the stars As you walk down Hollywood Pole you recognize and that you hardly even heard of people who worked and suffered and struggled for fame some who succeeded and some who suffered and
1: More than one hundred films from documentaries to features to shorts. Those made in Malta to those made in Maryland. The Annapolis Film Festival has something for everyone. Passes and tickets available now at Annapolisfilmfestival.org.
0: Never feel any pain.